I have a, a very personal thing to share today. This could be a terrible idea, but you know what? There's only about 100 people listening, and I want to do this every day, and this is the only thing I've been able to think about for the past few hours. And it comes to me on and off here and there. And so today, while I was cooking and, and just living my life in the kitchen and being very happy and content with with my life and being alone, and um, yeah, there's just this joy to having created my own home and my own space and getting to know myself and this voice oh no am I gonna get teary <laughs> oh no okay no I'm not gonna get emotional and this voice um came into my head not like a schizophrenic voice just a memory and the words were I envy her and so to give you some context of why this is uh, rather powerful to me I'm gonna go and kind of explain a little bit about my family now, I don't really have any contact with my family other than my mom. Uh, long, long, long story that I don't think anyone really cares about. But I do think it's shaped me into making decisions that don't involve others. I hear so many people that will ask me, Oh, you know, I want to be a minimalist, but my family thinks this and that. And I am very lucky that I don't have that. My mother is not a judgmental person and everyone else that is in my family doesn't really know me. Um, and I, you know, I, I get to have my own private life and, and there are pros and cons, of course, there are times where it's a little bit sad, but I had enough of that growing up that I don't really feel I need it. So when I was a teenager, my, uh, parents went through a separation. My mother actually left rather abruptly and I was having, um, just difficulties with my father. Well, everyone was having difficulties with my father, but you know, I'm a, I was a teenager. I was going through hormones. I was going through stresses and frustrations and I was running away from home all the time, all the time. And one day my mom just decided to leave. It's a bit more of a complicated story than that, but basically she just left without really telling anybody. And in fact, I look at my mom and her ability to pack up and go, and she was the first minimalist in my life. Didn't really think of the term at the time, but she left in a way where she took so little things because nothing really was hers. Um, everything was kind of dictated and influenced by my father that no one could really tell that she was packing up to leave. And this would not be the first time that she did this sort of thing. And I don't want anyone, uh, when they're listening to this, to have any bad uh, thoughts about a mother or a wife that does that sort of thing, because she is my absolute role model for doing these things, for leaving, for stepping away, for running away, however you want to say it, because she is the person that was envied in that quote I was telling you about earlier. And so here's why. So my father had some um, less than desirable uh, traits, I suppose you could say. In my teenage years, they started to become more prominent and there were many factors to it, but it was clear that my parents needed to separate. And I was very happy and very excited, believe it or not. <laughs> I knew my parents needed to get a divorce since I was very little. I think since I was six years old, I remember standing. They were having a fight one time and I stood up on this um, spinning chair, you know, those office chairs. And I, I got right up in their faces as they're yelling at each other. And I said something like, get a divorce. 
just imagine this little kid. And of course, I got in big trouble. And I remember I tried to run away, but I couldn't run away because I'm on the spinny chair and you have to be taking your balance. You have to get down slow. And anyway, point is, I knew that my parents were not meant to be together, but I knew also that they were together for me, or at least my mother had stayed for me. And that that wasn't making me happy because she wasn't happy and the whole situation wasn't happy. So she left and I'll be honest, at the time as a teenager, because it was so sudden, because I had to actually stay living with my father, I would message her and say that she was a coward, um, you know, how dare she abandon her child, and sure, there's some arguments to this, but at the end of the day, she was stepping away for the first time in her life to be able to gain her own sense of freedom and safety. And that's something that, no matter how I felt about it then, right now I always feel an immense form of gratitude. And whatever situation you're in with someone, if you feel like they're betraying you or whatever, perhaps something to consider is, you know, is this person just needing to understand themselves to be fully equipped to help you? We might put certain um, expectations on people and even a a child and a parent. And at the end of the day, parents act like they know it all, but they don't. And uh, it can be difficult if a child like myself was raised with parents that kind of made it seem like they were gods and they knew everything and all was right. And, um, And that wasn't the case. So I don't want to make this super long. I don't know if anyone's even interested in me talking about this, but I find it very interesting because the other side of the story, so my mom, long story short, they end up separating. My mom does eventually come back and take care of me for a year or two before kicking me out when I was 17, before I was allowed to rent and I figured out my life and moved out and then, you know, there goes the next chapter of my life, which is its own thing. But to give you another form of context, my father's mother, my, my grandma, she, she was the last born in her family by about, I think, 10 or 12 years. She was an accident child. And because of that, she was not treated very well from how she explained it. Now, of course, I wasn't there. I'll never know. But I can only go off of what she told me. And she told me that she wasn't treated well. That when her father died when she was 13, her mother forbid her to go to the funeral and that she had to stay working at home. Her story, when I look back, is a lot like Cinderella without the happy ending. And so she was, she was given a very different life for whatever reason. I don't know. And obviously wanting to leave this family and, and move on, she had gotten involved with a man, the man and her had a child, he didn't stay in the picture for whatever reason, and she was left with this infant to raise. Then she met who would eventually be my grandfather, and they were in love, and he said, you know, I I want you to come, they were living in Ontario at the time, and he said, I want you to come with me to British Columbia, which is on the other side of Canada, but we, we can't bring your child. Now, I don't know what the reasons for this were. Is it truly that he couldn't afford or they couldn't afford to take care of this child? 
Who knows? Is it because it was another man's child and that was something that was against his ego? Who knows? But the child was put up for adoption and my grandma would not hear from that child for probably another 30 years. So she and him moved to uh, Vancouver, or I think they, they moved to the west coast of Canada. They were in a whole bunch of places and eventually settle down, have three children, one of which becomes my father. Uh, eventually, her her child, who was adopted, does reach back out to the family, sort of gets to know the family again, and that's that. And one other thing to note that I find very important with my grandma is that when she was in, I think, her 50s or 60s, but it would have been either, like, it was somewhere between early 50s to early, early 60s, the doctor told her that she was going to have a problem with her back that would mean that she would not have mobility and so she had to decide to live the rest of her life either standing, sitting, or laying down. Uh, and eventually that would be the only position that she would be able to move into. Now with modern day information and health and technology, I just, I think we're all aware that perhaps deciding, okay, well, I just have to sit forever now is probably not the real solution to whatever she had. But she spent the remaining 30 to 40 years of her life sitting in the same chair every day watching golf on TV, rarely going out. And that was her life. And every time I would come and visit my grandparents, we would spend time sitting in this living room and she would spend large portions of her time watching Tiger Woods sitting in that big reclining rocking chair. And so I look at her life and I, I see a lot of restrictions placed upon her, choices that she had to make that were not maybe fully hers to make the way that she wanted to, or not being informed of the, the choices that she could have had available to her. And so fast forward to my parents splitting up and, you know, obviously my father's parents, which includes her, were sort of taking his side of whatever was going on, but I wasn't able to speak to her. I would try to speak to my grandfather and he said, you know, there, there's a whole other thing. He didn't want to talk to me because I'm the fa I was the child of my mother and my mother's family didn't want to talk to me because I was the child of my father. <laughs> so you wonder why I don't have family. This is why. <laughs> But I love it. I think it's the best thing that could have happened. So anyhow, my grandfather would not allow me to speak to my grandma uh, on that side of the family. And at some point, this was after I moved out. Um, this was a, a couple years after I moved out from my mom's place. Uh, I hear that my grandfather has had a heart attack. And so I give a call to the home phone, wondering if he was home already. And for the first time, I'm allowed to speak to my grandma because he's not there answering the phone, gatekeeping who she is and isn't allowed to speak to. And I spoke to her, and it was interesting because she actually was not very happy with my father, <laughs> her son, um, and how he had treated my mother and all these things. And, and that's its own, you know, I don't, I don't want to be sharing much of that, just in case somehow my family were to ever hear this. But... She asked about my mother, and at that point, my mother had actually moved to Central America and was starting a different life, and my mom would continue to have adventures beyond that. And so I was telling my grandma about my mother's adventures and this life that she was living now that she had 
taken a, a very brave and dangerous step of leaving a marriage to pursue a life that she never got to pursue because she got married when she was 20 and had me by, I think, 24 or 25, and, and that was her life. She, she settled down quickly, um, and there are pros and cons to that, but she's, she's learning that in her own life, and she's found her new way. But my point is, my, my grandma was so curious about all of these adventures that my mom was going on, my mom, who's supposedly kind of like the enemy of the family. <laughs> and as I tell her, you know, she's traveling here, she's done this, she's going to these places. My grandmother says, I envy her. Because those were experiences that she would never have. My grandmother was also, you know, she was so curious. She wanted to get a computer and learn about the internet, but my grandfather wouldn't allow it in the home. And so many things that she wanted to do, you know, she would travel on planes to see her, her family, but my grandfather refused to travel on planes, so they never really got to travel. She never really got to see the world, to learn about, you know, things like the internet, do any of these things, and to experience her own freedom. And I had that conversation with her. She says those words, and I tell her, you know, call me if you can. Let me know how you're doing. I want to speak to you again. I called about two weeks later and my grandfather was back in the home and he gatekeeped that call and I, w I wasn't able to speak with her. And that, that conversation ended up being the last conversation that I had with her. And so those words really hit me from time to time. I envy her. I envy someone who was able to leave something that is deemed as socially correct, a marriage that's deemed as socially correct, and to, you know, cause a bit of a scene in order to gain personal freedom and to be able to explore the world and have your rights not gatekeeped by someone. And I'm aware that times were different back then when she got married and she was in a difficult situation and that's just the life she had to live. And I don't hold anything against my, my grandfather for doing what he chose to do because that's just how he was taught and you know he ended up raising how my father was and how my father was taught and this is just this is just life this is what we do when we're trying to do what we think is right but now as i sit here in my home oh gosh am i going to get emotional <laughs> as i sit here in my home alone i had also recently not recently it's many years actually made the decision to leave a uh, a long-term relationship that seemed correct and, and right and I'm more valuable as a woman with a man um, which we're slowly breaking away from that but I left that to pursue my own freedom following in the footsteps of my mother not intentionally but you know such is life it happens but from time to time I sit back and I think about this woman who was born being told she wasn't wanted, who was wanted and then given up by one man, then had to give up her child, and then was wanted again by another man, but in order to be wanted, she had to be controlled. And by being controlled, she couldn't have freedom. And there are things that she never got to experience that she questioned and wondered about, and now that life is over. She died, I believe, about two years after I had that call with her the last call that I ever got to have with her. And 
now especially, I have so many questions I'd love to ask. But I'll never be able to. And so all I can really do is live with really taking advantage of my freedom and prioritizing my freedom and my happiness and my love for myself first. And that's not to demonize anyone that I choose to be with and it doesn't work out. Um, And it's not to demonize anyone who chooses to be in a marriage where maybe those are, are issues. I don't want to be getting in, in involved in any of that. But it is interesting how I'm seeing so many marriages where women are coming to me and saying that they aren't happy and that they're feeling like they don't really get to know who they are. And um, Again, nothing, nothing against marriages. I just find that this is a very interesting uh, experience and reflection that I get to see in my life and in the lives of people around me, whether I'm attracting that or if that's just naturally what I'm supposed to see in this life and what I'm supposed to learn in this life. And so if you're someone, woman or man for that matter, because I know that this can be completely reversed and men can have this or people of all sorts of orientations, that the one thing that I think would be very painful and what I see to be very painful is envying freedom. Freedom to explore your life, to make mistakes, to do something. Because at the end of the day, your life is not your life if you care about what other people think. If you let other people's thoughts control your reality, it's not your life. And I'm just very blessed that I get to have this life and that I've had women before me that have um, lost a lot of those things and were not able to be educated in those things in order for me to be educated by their experience and allow me to have the freedom to do something crazy like move to Scotland or start a YouTube channel or have unconventional relationships, which was part of what I was thinking about going into today, but I think I'll leave it with just what I've said there because this is far longer than I expected it to be. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you don't mind, I would really appreciate if someone could let me know if this type of podcast is interesting at all because this definitely, while it feels like it's more from my heart, I don't know if it's actually beneficial to people. Also, you'll have to apologize because, again, I live in a small apartment and there are very loud noises everywhere (laughs) that I cannot avoid. (laughs) But anyway, um, you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email at clearyourmindset at gmail.com and let me know what your thoughts are. Oh, and the Patreon, of course. If you like supporting small creators, my Patreon is there. But um, I would really love to know if this is something that is of interest and uh, maybe something worth speaking more on because I certainly find it valuable. (laughs) Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good night or day and I will talk to you tomorrow.